You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Daryl Amy, and he's the author of the best-selling book, Revenue Growth Engine, How to Align Sales and Marketing to Drive Accelerated Growth. He's also the host of the Revenue Growth Podcast on the C-Suite Radio Network and the co-host of the Selling from the Heart Podcast. Hey, welcome to the show, Daryl. It's fantastic to be here, Dennis. This is going to be a lot of fun today. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for being here. We were chatting before we hit record and we just to tease everybody, we've got a really interesting and different type of topic that you may not have heard before. And I think it's really relevant and contextual to where we are today. It's how to set growth goals in an uncertain market. I mean, as we record this, it's March 16th. Okay. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but we're just starting to kind of migrate, hopefully, cross fingers crossed, out of this you know pandemic lockdown, right? Again, fingers crossed. But this last year plus has really been challenging. And I think setting goals coming out of this is going to be challenging for businesses. It can be really challenging. And so I think Daryl's going to lend some of his expertise. We're going to talk maybe a little bit about the book. And uh, hopefully, you guys can extrapolate something that you can apply to your business here. So Give us a give us a super quick backstory here, if you would, on on uh, why you became an entrepreneur. Why why'd you focus on growth? How did all that happen? Well, my mission in life is to help generous leaders grow impact, and so nothing, no impact happens without revenue. And I am passionate on the board of two different nonprofits, and I've noticed the people that really move the needle in nonprofits are generous business leaders, entrepreneurs, and so entrepreneurial bug early on, uh, st- uh, but actually stepped out and started my own company in 2004. And since then, what I'm, here's what I've noticed, and this is what brings us to the conversation today, Dennis, and working with organizations, large and small, from local, fantastic family-owned businesses, all the way up to some Fortune 500 companies. What I've noticed is that when it comes to setting revenue growth goals, it's really a lot of a challenge. And, and it's, the challenge is we set goals one of two ways. The first way, and I can kind of laugh about this, but this is all too common in organizations I've seen over the years. One is the spaghetti on the wall method. So we go, you know, we need to set some goals going forward and we're all in the conference room and someone goes, I think we can do this much, right? And they throw spaghetti on the wall. What happens when you do the spaghetti on the wall goal is you get about halfway through the year, you're not hitting the goal. And then someone says, well, that goal wasn't realistic. And uh, so then, you know, everyone goes, all right, whatever. 
and the goal's meaningless. The other way that I've seen more responsible organizations set growth goals is what I call the ruler method. And this is where you take your ruler and you put it on the last two or three years, right, of growth. You pull out the old bar chart and you go, okay, well, we've averaged 9% growth over the last three years. So this next year, our growth goal is 9% growth. And while the spaghetti on the wall method was not realistic, I think the ruler method is probably leaving a lot of money on the table for a lot of organizations, number one. And number two, the ruler method in 2021 doesn't work because what happened is obviously we had a huge disruption in 2020. A lot of companies went backwards. So if you put the ruler on that, it's pointing down and to the right instead of up and to the right. And that's not a good method. Uh, The other thing is if you happen to enter 2020 selling personal protective equipment or plexiglass, you might've had a dynamite year, but can you realistically sustain that? So in all of that, whether you're a company that throws spaghetti on the wall or whether you use the ruler method, the spaghetti on the wall is not realistic. The ruler method's not aggressive, probably leaving money on the table. How do you set goals especially in this area of uncertainty. And that's what, you know, I came to the conclusion, Dennis, that if you boil it all down, and this is the heart of the revenue growth engine, there's Hey, only... before, we dive, before we dive into that, really yeah, quick. I get you... fired up, No, Dennis. no, you no, it's awesome. Do. That's good. I'm glad you're ready to rock and roll. Let me just ask you a couple of questions before we dive in, because I know you, yeah. you led right in and you were going to start breaking that apart. So tell me a little bit about your business. What does your mm-hmm. business do again? I mean, you're, is it mainly consulting? What, tell me, break that down a little bit for your business. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm involved in is, is helping companies develop revenue growth strategies. A lot of organizations have a sales initiative. They may have a marketing initiative, but they're not aligned. They don't have the goals in place. And so I help them set goals and build the systems to be able to achieve those goals. And so, yeah, when in the middle of all that, what's so much fun is I get to work with organizations across multiple industries, various sizes. And it is interesting that in all these different industries, the topic that we're talking about today is actually very common. It's a common problem across a lot of organizations. Great. Give us a sense of scale. You've had this business since 2004. I mean, whether that be employees or some sort of revenue range or percentage growth, Give it, help us to understand the scope of what you guys have been able to build yourself from a revenue growth perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. So in the middle of, of becoming an entrepreneur, I've kind of become a bit of a serial entrepreneur. So I've started and sold several businesses in the agency world. We spun up several marketing agencies, got them into seven-figure businesses, merged a couple, sold a couple, and all of that. And then also in the sales training world as well, in addition to Revenue Growth Engine, I'm a partner in a business called Selling from the Heart. We deliver sales training to organizations that are really looking to, to develop authentic connections with their marketplace and their clients. They're looking in complex sales to build consensus. So all of that, if you added all that up, I don't know how you'd add all that up, but that'd be a, a bit of a spreadsheet math problem. But in all of that, I've been involved in a lot of different organizations. Also been involved in some startups as well. One that crashed and burned. And so I can tell you the uh, negative number on that. That was one of the most, uh, as my friend Pablo Giacopelli says, failure is the uh, fertile ground of learning. But you know, in, in all of that, 
all of it, what's been fun is everything that I've been doing over the last 18 years, in addition to growing our revenue streams, what we've been able to do is help other organizations grow their revenue as well. So the fun thing to me is being able to see what's going on in all different organizations and in industries and begin to be involved in cross-pollinating a lot of those ideas. So I'm not sure that that's a, a direct. No, no, that's fine. No, question. you've had multiple. You've had multiple seven-figure businesses, and I have, you know, yes. yeah, and so that's excellent. Yeah, great. Okay, awesome. All right, so let's dive in today. You're going to help us unpack, you know, how to set growth goals in an uncertain market. And I know you had kind of started to pull that apart a little bit. You were talking about the two primary ways that most people set goals: the ruler method and the spaghetti method. Right. I, yes. Neither of which are probably very good, even not in an uncertain market. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, These okay. were problems before. They're just now amplified. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So take it from there, unpack that, yeah. and see how far we can get. Well, so if you want to set what I call aggressive but realistic goals, what we need to do, it's actually very simple. We peel down a level and we go, okay, what are the two drivers of revenue? And if you think about it, there really are only two ways to grow a company. We either get more customers or we sell more to our current customers. You know, we drive net new business, grab some new logos, or we cross sell more to our current client base. And so what I discovered in that was, while that seems very simple, the reality is most organizations that I've worked with over the years, and even to this day, organizations that I talk to, when we really look at their company, what we discover is most companies are good at one or the other. They're either good at driving net new business. They've got a hard charging sales team. And they've got great marketing outbound. They're ready. They're rocking and rolling, or they're really good at managing their current client relationships, but they're not so good at driving net new business. It reminds me of a story. I was at a client's office. Uh, this was back when we could fly around. It was in uh, West Palm Beach. And by the way, if you have a business in West Palm Beach, next February, we have some openings. And so I was, uh, I was there. They were wanting to build a growth plan. We're sitting around the conference table. Owner, VP of sales, VP of marketing, couple ops people are in the room. We get ready to start. And I said, okay, why are we here? <laughs> you know, what's the... And uh, the owner says, we need more net new business. I said, great. What is your goal? You know, and, and he goes, 10% year over year growth. So in my mind, I'm going, okay, that, that's realistic. At least it wasn't 400%. So I write on the whiteboard, 10%. And then I said, well, what did you do last year? And I'm expecting like, well, we did 3% or we went backwards or something like that. And the owner of the business goes, we did 9.8% growth last year in that new business. And I started laughing, like, why am I here? Like, you should go help other people do this. But then we looked at the other revenue growth driver. And this particular business had literally invested hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in people, personnel, partners, all of that to, to spin up a new offering for their current clients. And I asked about that. I said, hey, how's that new offering going that you wanted to cross sell to your current clients? And at that point, everybody looked down at the conference table. <laughs> right? It got real quiet. It got real quiet. And the business owner started shaking his head. And so where we concluded is that business was biased towards net new. What they realized was if they put the systems and processes in place for cross-selling to their current clients, 
not only could they continue their trajectory of net new business, but they could also increase their revenue per client. When you add those two together, the number looked good. So this is where we get to goal setting now, Dennis, is saying, okay, let's go down from the big number one level to these two core numbers related to net new business and cross-selling our current clients. Okay, great. So yeah, I think, I think you know, it, it's pretty easy math, right? You got net new and you got cross-selling, right? I think, and what you, what you mentioned, I think is spot on. There are some companies that are really good at going out and getting new customers. And unfortunately, well, some of them are really good at getting them and they're not great at holding on to them or they right. don't have some sort of a, you know, some sort of value ladder of, of future products or services, or maybe they're just, you know, their retention is horrible. Maybe there's whatever the case may be. But, but yeah, I think most companies fall into one or the other. And you really, when you see somebody, when you see a company that's doing both well, they stand out from the crowd, right? We all know who they, they are, that we yeah. all know who they are. They're the companies that you hear about on the news and are publicly traded and are doing extremely well you know, because they've been able to solve those, that riddle of being able to do both. And I think, um, I think some businesses obviously let business models lend themselves to, you know, naturally to, to upsells, but others don't. So how do you know, when you look at the, let's break one apart. If you look at the net new, what would be the methodology for, for what would be a baseline or some sort of a methodology for taking past performance and trying to project it into future performance because sometimes you're you're taking you're taking trailing indicators and you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out something that's in the future, right? And sometimes yes. one plus one doesn't equal two. And when you do that math, I mean, the past doesn't always equal the future. Perfect example of what we just went through, right? So yes. What would be some pointers or tips that somebody could use to to try to isolate and hone that number in? So you want to start with the number, and the number for net new is how many current customers or clients do you have? And shockingly, a lot of businesses can't answer that question. And if you can't answer that question, I want to challenge you to get the answer to that question. And you know, every business has to define what that means, what an active client or customer is, but that becomes the baseline. And so now let's just say we have a thousand active customers, nice round number here to talk about today. We can use a combination of trailing indicators and a combination of understanding of what our sales engine looks like to be able to forecast how many, this is a much more realistic conversation than a lot of companies have that spaghetti on the wall or ruler going, hey, we're 10 million. I bet we could get to 12. How, right? Now it's much more realistic to say, we've got a thousand customers. We've got 10 salespeople. You know, with those salespeople, with their activity, with our marketing department, with their activity, what could we do to take that? Could we get that to 1,200? So we're not talking about dollars now. We're talking about actual customers, which is something I can put my arm, you know, my hands on, and we can look at our historical trends and we can look at our current sales engine and what we might be able to put in place and say, how many net new customers could we bring on a month right now? And so the 2020 application, you know, the post-pandemic application, is to say, okay, you know what? If your business took a hit in 2020, join the club. You're not alone. <laughs> we're, all, we're all in this together. The important thing to know is after the dust settled, how many customers do you have? And if you don't know that number, you know this is a critical number to figure out for your business. And in terms of net new, now we're going to set the goal 
from that as the foundation, we're going to set the goal up in terms of how many customers we can land. Once again, based on our historical performance, based on our current sales infrastructure, based on our marketing. And then of course, that is going to also beg the question, you know, what do we need to put in place to go beyond maybe that number? But that number of actual customers that we have, once again, Dennis, I'm surprised by how many companies don't know it. But once you do know that number, then you can calculate the second critical number that every business should know, which relates to cross-selling, which is what is our revenue per client, total revenue divided by that. Before we dive mm-hmm. into that, you brought up an interesting point. So once you've established a baseline of what your customers are, how many customers mm-hmm. you have, in my mind, there's a couple of things you need to look at. One is what's your churn, right? What's your normal mm-hmm. churn? Because not no customers last forever. They all have a That's life right. cycle. Right. So what's your churn? What's your turnover? And then the second one is kind of diving into, like you said, the actual sales numbers themselves. How many leads Mm -hmm. are being generated? What does the pipeline look like? What's the forecast? What's the ratio of close? How many salespeople have you do you have? What's their current performance? And then extrapolating rather than taking last year's number and just putting the ruler up there, even if it was a good year, right? Exactly. You're getting a little bit more micro down into that data. And it shocks me that people don't do this, right? I think the spaghetti against the wall, just, you know, hope that here's the, the, what comes to mind here after, after hearing what you just said. And that is, you know, hope is not a winning strategy, right? (laughs) Hope, Hope is not a winning strategy, you know? And I think that that's what a lot of people have when they throw spaghetti up against the wall. They're just hoping that, you know, that all the moons are going to line up and that that's what they're going to get. And so, yeah, so I, I appreciate how, how that, the net new works. And I think if people really dig down into the weeds and look at that, look at some of those metrics, I think you'll see that there's a better and more scientific way, even though it's not perfect math, again, we're trying to predict the future, it's going to be a lot more relevant, contextual, and accurate in the big scheme of things. Yeah. And if you have a smaller organization, or you can even do this inside the departments of a larger organization or the divisions of a sales team, I think you can get really granular. I mean, you talked about the churn, but you can also talk about the pipeline. I mean, you may, this is where, you know, I think of my friend, Nigel Green wrote the revenue harvest in that book to sales leaders. He's got a phenomenal model for planning that says, okay, let's not just be abstract here. Let's get down to who are our current customers? Who do we expect, you know, based on the sales team, based on the territories, based on get down into the individual territories and the sales reps and plan what you could do in terms of net new business growth based on your capabilities. And that, but the, the important thing is when it gets down to number of customers, rather than just some abstract dollars thing with a bunch of zeros behind it, when it gets down to actual customers, now I've got something I can work with. And now I've got something I can track too, right? Because that number, yeah, you can have the total number on the wall, on, you know, on the LCD screen and all your offices. But the number I want to see is we had a thousand customers last month and now we have a thousand and fifty this month, or now we have 975. Because here's the deal, and this happens in a lot of organizations. Maybe that number is going up. Maybe you crushed it. Maybe you landed a big deal. Maybe a current customer re-upped something. But yet your net new engine is sputtering. You know, it's like that cylinder in the car, it's sputtering. You need to, if you track that number of customers, you're going to have an indicator as to the health of the net new side of your revenue growth engine. 
Got it. Perfect. All right. So we talked about net new. Let's talk about cross-selling. Let's talk about what you're seeing with businesses as it relates to cross-selling. I know that there's a lot of companies that probably don't really do a good job at cross-selling. There's a lot of companies that don't do it, that don't cross-sell at all. And there's obviously the other end of the spectrum where people are just crushing it, right? So what are you seeing there and how do we, what's the best way to measure that? This is the low-hanging fruit. I was at a tech conference uh, a year and a half ago and Tiffany Bova was there. She wrote Growth IQ Evangelist for Salesforce. Fantastic book, by the way. And uh, so she's looking across 2,500 business owners, sales managers, and uh, I can, in a nutshell, say what she said, y'all are crazy. <laughs> That's how they say it down South. And what she was saying is, she told this story, she said, you're like people in the 1800s that sold everything, that moved to California, hiked up into the, into the, you know, the gold rush and risked your life to find a gold mine and you find a nugget of gold and you slap high fives and ring the bell, and then you go, let's go find another gold mine. <laughs> Why not mine the gold out of your current customer base? And this is, you know, I've seen this epidemic across all kinds of businesses. We get so focused on net new that we forget to create the systems, the strategies, the customer experience that's going to enable us to not only maintain those relationships, but also grow them. And so when it comes to goal setting, the number for net new was number of customers. When it comes to goal setting for cross-sell, the number I want you to calculate is revenue per customer, which is very simple math, right? What's our total revenue? Divide it by the first number, number of customers, and you have your revenue per customer. Now, whatever that number is, let's say it's $1,000 per customer per year is your revenue per customer, or maybe you do it monthly. It's going to be different for every business. But whatever that number is, Put that number on the wall and then write it on the whiteboard and then begin as a team, a leadership team in your company, say, okay, what could we do to grow that revenue per customer? Maybe you've got products and services you have available that there's just not a good sales process in place or a good marketing process in place to even let them know about it. Okay, well, what do we need to do? And Revenue Growth Engine we outline a set of processes that companies can put in place from a sales and marketing side for client management and client communication. I'll give you the low-hanging fruit one, the one that is, creates the quickest results with the least amount of effort. And that is looking at your top clients, go 80-20 on your client base, look at the top 20% that produce 80% of the revenue and set up a quarterly business review cadence with them where you work with them a quarter by quarter in reviewing the progress you've made, understanding clearly their business goals, and staying in touch and driving conversations around you know, what they're trying to accomplish. Those lead to more sales opportunities. And in addition to that, they also lead to referrals, which drive your net new. But these are you know the opportunity for companies here, and this is critical right now because in 2021, we've got to be smart. You know, you may have missed your number in 2020. I've been saying on the Revenue Growth Podcast, you've got to get it done in 2021. And one of the ways to get it done is to really pay attention to your cross-sell motion. So Mark Hunter would say, hey, guys, you don't close a deal. You open a relationship. So the selling doesn't stop when someone approves the paperwork or initials the DocuSign or whatever we do nowadays. The selling just begins. The marketing doesn't stop. It just begins. And this is where 
I think organizations need to look at that revenue per customer number and then begin to work together, sales and marketing and operations, and say, what can we do? What systems and processes can we put in place to grow that revenue per client number? When you do that, here's what's exciting, Dennis. And I don't get excited about spreadsheets very often, but there's a spreadsheet and you can actually access it. It's a planner for revenue growth goals. Just text the word revenue to 21,000. That's revenue to 21,000. And you'll get our, a spreadsheet. It's a simple planner where you plug in your current number of clients, your current revenue. And then you say, if we grew our current clients by 10% and we grew our revenue per client by 10%, you'll see what I get fired up about, which is exponential growth. Now we're driving growth in two different areas. And we see companies, you know, if you can do 10 to 12% growth in each one of those areas, you can actually double your revenue in around 36 months organically. (laughs) And that's what I get excited about is seeing companies go, huh, it's not all about net new. What if we also got serious about cross-sell and to get that going. And you know, that's when the hockey stick growth starts to happen. We move up and to the right. But those two numbers, going back to goal setting, now that I know I've forecasted my growth in number of customers and I've forecasted growth in revenue per customer, I can add those together. And now I have an aggressive but realistic growth goal. Love it. I love the very scientific approach and the very step-by-step approach. It's very thoughtful. I think it makes it's totally logical. And I think it just makes a lot of sense. It's a great framework for anybody, whether you're a small business owner or you know, you've got a mature business that's doing a hundred million dollars in sales. I think you can definitely garner something from this. So anything else you want to add about, you know, about the growth goals in an uncertain market? I got a couple of rapid fire questions and then we're gonna wrap it up for today. <laughs> well, I'm I say bring it on, but I, I would just say with goals, go through this process. You know, right now we've got to have goals that are as realistic as possible. And I know we're a little bit shell-shocked from 2020, but I I truly believe if you'll go look at that number of clients and revenue per client and work from there, you'll at least have something substantial and real on which to build your goals. Love it. Awesome. Listen, what's your favorite growth tool, software, app, something that you use on a regular basis to help you grow your business? Wow. Great question. My several... So I use HubSpot. If you had to pick one. I'm going to pick HubSpot. Uh, We use that in uh, some of our organizations and a lot of our clients use HubSpot. We've been a partner with them for a long time. And what I love about that company, it's not just a great tool. What I love is the training that comes with it. And there's a company dedicated to education. So I'm going to vote for HubSpot. Love it. And what's one book that you recommend besides your own that you know has helped you on your journey or you think might help the audience on theirs? I'm going to go with Joey Coleman, Never Lose a Customer Again, partly because it's, I'm in the thick of it. I'm talking with him on Friday, but I absolutely love this book because it is a playbook for cross-selling. And once again, you know, I believe that's where the low-hanging fruit is right now. So Joey Coleman, Never Lose a Customer Again. Love it. Hey, listen, truly appreciate you being here. Congrats on the book. Congrats on all the success. I'm sure we'll talk again soon and uh, let everybody know how they can connect with you and you know whether that be get a copy of the book or just uh, find you on social. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to send you a copy of the book. In fact, if you'll pay shipping and handling, I'll get one in your hands. Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.net and uh, I'd love to connect there. We have all kinds of resources to help companies grow. 
Perfect. I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes. Have an awesome day, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.